Good evening, everyone, and uh, hello, and welcome to day number 12. You've made it through 12 days, if you've watched all the episodes so far, of the Easter Countdown devotional series. I trust that you had a good day today. Maybe you were able to go out and get some sun, do a little grocery shopping or something of that nature, but uh, I hope it was a good day for you. And uh, we are continuing our little look into the Easter um, event as recorded in the pages of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Bible's New Testament. So I hope it's been beneficial for you. I hope you've uh, been learning things through this. I hope you've been reading the accounts. The Easter story doesn't change, folks. It doesn't matter what pandemic is happening in the world. The Easter story does not change. And uh, people have been reading about the risen Christ for 2,000 years, and it doesn't change even for us today. And uh, I'm going to read to you something uh, that is quite peculiar from Matthew's Gospel. And this is from Matthew chapter 27. We were in there yesterday and the day before, and we're back back there today. Uh, this is Jesus, his last trial uh, before Pontius Pilate, before he would be flogged and ultimately executed on the cross. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Yes, it is as you say. What an answer, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. <laughs> then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even a single ch to a single charge to the great amazement of the governor. This governor, Pontius Pilate, is an interesting character. Uh, we do not know much about him from the Gospels, except for one record in Luke's Gospel, chapter 13, where he behaved very violently for reasons that we're not too sure of, and he, uh, there were a group of Galileans who uh, I, I, he mixed uh, their blood with their sacrifices, it says, in Luke chapter 13, uh, verses 1 to 5, I think it is. And uh, this is a, uh, there's no explanation really given uh, by Luke. He, it's as if he assumes that we would understand this. And um, uh, this is in keeping with the character of Pontius Pilate, however, because we do know some things about him from the historians Philo and Josephus. And he was not uh, sort of a gentle uh, ruler. He, he did have incidents in his career where he behaved violently or had to restrain violent behavior because he was un under constant pressure from Tiberius Caesar. There's about three or four incidents where Pilate, <coughs> he, he was uh, under pressure. And Tiberius Caesar was not uh, particularly pleased with Pilate's behavior. In a, in a few of these instances, uh, one of them occurs very close to the time of the Easter uh, event. In any case, um, um, it, Jesus does not respond to any of the charges. The governor is amazed. Probably he's expecting Jesus to defend himself, and Jesus does not. Then we see the release of Barabbas, which we saw uh, last night. And verse 19, while Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message. This is the only place that we see this, to my memory. It's not in Mark, Luke, or John, uh, but you can check that. But to my memory, it's not there. And she gives him this message. Curious. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man. 
for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Pilate tries to wiggle his way out of it. He ultimately fails. He has Jesus flogged and Jesus is crucified. This dream that that his wife has um, don't have anything to do with that innocent man. How does she know that Jesus is innocent? What kind of dream did she have? Why does she say she suffered in a dream? I mean, that must have been some kind of dream. That must have been like some kind of nightmare. And she strangely um, deduces that Jesus is innocent, which, of course, he is. And the, the it just appears and disappears on the pages of the narrative. Uh, but what we do know is that Pilate behaves somewhat out of character when he's handling Jesus, and this may be why. He tries to be very sensitive to Jesus. He actually tries to have him released. He does not want to execute him, but they pin him in a corner, and they say, if you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar's, meaning Caesar Tiberius. He's already under pressure from Caesar Tiberius, so what's he going to do? He's in, he's in trouble. Um, but he is very sympathetic, it seems, toward Jesus, and it could very well be because his wife warned him with this dream. And it does um, teach us something. You know, sometimes uh, even people who, who may be very, very far from God, maybe have a totally different religious view or no religious view at all, Sometimes they can have a perception, sometimes they don't, but sometimes they can have a perception of God uh, that is quite sympathetic and a perception of Jesus that is quite sympathetic. And sometimes God uses people who aren't even Christians to accomplish his ultimate plan and his ultimate purpose. And here we see not only is he using Pontius Pilate, he's using Pontius Pilate's wife. The implication of this is that God gave her that dream and that God was using this whole thing again to move the pieces of the puzzle in place so that Jesus would pay the price, the ultimate price for our sin. So God can use whoever he wants. He can reveal himself to whoever he wants, however he wants to uh, reveal his ultimate and perfect plan. So we have to be aware of that in our own personal lives. Uh, God is very creative. Uh, just look around the world and you'll see how creative he is. And uh, be very aware that he is God. And he, he sets times. He sets seasons. He brings one leader up. He brings another leader down. He, he has his ways. And his ways are not our ways. And his thoughts are not our thoughts, and he, he does ultimately what he chooses to do for his plans and his purpose, ultimately the redemption of this world. Uh, so that's a, that's a really humbling lesson, especially this time that we live in and as we move toward the celebration of Easter. So uh, God bless you tonight, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow night as well. And uh, remember, we're doing a Zoom call you should have received uh, an email already with the link. 
Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the la is this the end revisited? Okay, we did this last week on Zoom, but I've had a lot of people with comments and uh, several observations, questions, and things like that. So I think we'll revisit that tomorrow night. And then the following Wednesday night, I'm going to do a special with you. I'm going to talk about the Jewish Passover and show you the significance of the Jewish Passover as it relates to Easter. You will not want to miss that Wednesday night, uh, the 8th of April. God bless you, everyone. Have a great night.